In today's show, we are looking back at Sunday's games in the NBA and then previewing nine games for MLK Day across the league. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. As I said, we are here to recap the five games from Sunday. Supposed to be six, maybe supposed to be seven in fact. But we had only five games on, so we're going to talk about all of those games. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20 percent off your next order. Let's have a look at these games across the league. The first one, a real blowout. The New York Knicks taking down the Celtics 105-75. Yes, the Knicks held the Celtics to 75. Now, the Knicks had been starting to wobble a bit before this game, but this is a huge performance. Julius Randle, the double royal, 31 minutes. If I can find the button. Twenty points, twelve rebounds, four assists, three steals. It's always great when you can get three steals out of Randall. His season continues to be absolutely fantastic. Um, he is in category leagues the twenty seventh ranked player over the course of the season. A lot of people asking, is he a sell high? I'm not so sure he is. He's seventeenth in points leagues. He had forty six fantasy points today. Not much. The three point shooting has sort of come down from where it was, um, but not much else is completely unsustainable. Another big game from Rowan Barrett Jr., 19 and 11. He had two steals. He only played 29 minutes, but more importantly, he had a true shooting of 65%, 46% from the field. He was two or four from three, and he was 88% from the line on eight attempts. That's massive for Barrett's value moving forward. The counting stats are great. You want those other numbers to come in. He's good in points leagues, no worries. Now, he is a 65th ranked player in points leagues. Don't ever consider dropping him in a points league. I think that's sort of about the right area. In a category league, he's coming into his own. It does sort of depend on how your punts sit. But he's looking pretty good. Um, Mr. Tuesday, Emmanuel Quickly. First person who can work out what that nickname means, please get out, get back to me. Emmanuel Quickly played 21 minutes only. He had 17 points. He had eight assists. He shot 58% from the field. Now, Quickly is one of these guys that puts up these performances and you look at it and you go, oh my God, that is fantastic. And then you dig in and you go, okay, 21 minutes. That's not really what you get a sustainable 12-team production. Eight assists in 21 minutes, probably not going to stick. 31% usage for a rookie? Yeah, probably not. 63% on twos, 50% on threes? Yeah, I don't think so. So, And then he'll go out the next game and be one of 10 and have four points with four assists in 14 minutes. But it is a nice four-game stretch here for Mr. Tuesday, putting up some really interesting numbers. I don't think he's going to start ahead of Peyton anytime soon. He is at least a 14-team flyer. If you want to take him in a 12, by all means, but really watch who you drop because we have seen it. When he shoots well, he'll get more minutes, and when he shoots poorly, he gets buried, and then he hurts you a lot. And there's a lot of unsustainability in that performance from quickly that makes me a little bit concerned. He's definitely more of a category league guy than a points league guy. He's 199th in points leagues over the course of the season. 
Actually, he's 196th in category leagues. I can just see him being a little bit of a better category league guy, but so much of it's going to come down to how uh, Thibodeau uses him and how his playing time looks. Now, the next one here, I've got to tell you this. The question has been asked multiple times. Josh, do we add Obi Toppin? I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. No. No. He had 17 minutes. He had 12 points. That's really good. He had two threes. He shot 63%. He had a steal and a block. That's all very nice. But how many other backup power forwards playing 18 minutes a night are we looking at as 12-team league ads? None. But we talk about this guy because A, he plays for the Knicks, and B, he was college player of the year, and, and C, he's got no neck and throws down big dunks. I don't want to shit on the guy too much, but there's too much hype around this player. Do you think that Tom Thibodeau, the man that I believe in a quote today, maybe I'm misreading this, but I believe he said today, I'm only happy when I'm miserable. Do you think the bloke who's just doing, literally eats basketball leather for breakfast, a bloke that wants wins at all costs is going to say, Julius, you have been driving us to these wins, but do you mind taking a seat so that the bloke who's a year older than Kevin Knox can come in and start? It's The logic is not there. In any of those decisions, I, I do, especially when the Randall playing like literally like playing like an all star. Do you think that they'll play Toppin next to Randall so they can minimise Mitchell Robinson? I don't think so either. So while it's a nice high usage scoring performance with great efficiency, true shooting seventy five percent, which has no chance of sticking. And I know I'm talking about Toppin a lot here, but the fact that I get these questions about him makes me want to do it. You want to add him in a sixteen team league? Sure. You want to add him in a 12-team league? Think again. It's just not going to happen. Anyway, Mitchie Robinson had a hand issue, went to the locker room, played only 24 minutes, 8-7 and seven with two blocks, and yeah, that's fine. While Alfred Payton, 9 points, 3 assists, 23 minutes. Now, I don't know what Payton's minutes are going to be like going forward. They're trending in the wrong direction for sure. If you want to drop him in a 12-team league, I don't think there's too much problem with that. Austin Rivers should never have been a 12-team ad. He's a clear drop, zero points in 16 minutes. And when we ever get Alec Burks back, which might be on Monday, will Rivers be the guy that is out of the rotation? You would have to imagine he probably is, but don't know that at this point. Um, On the Celtic side, just shit us, really. Rob Williams was out. Jason Tatum was out. Um, but that's it. Everyone was back. Jalen Brown, he was great again. JB, you've done it again. 25 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, 31 usage. He's the 16th ranked player this year in category leagues. He's 24th in points league. I still think there's going to be a bit of a drop-off coming from Jalen, but he's great. Kemba Walker, 20 minutes in his first game, 9 points. Yeah, 23% shooting's off, but 4 assists, the 3 steals is never going to stick for Kemba. I think it's going to be a rough period of time here for him as he gets back up to speed in the next couple of weeks. I would still make sure he's on a roster, but just be aware it is going to be rough over this period of time. While Daniel Tice, only 20 minutes. And without Robbie Williams, the fact that he's playing 20 minutes, Thompson's playing 26. Um, hard. You can't roster Thompson. You can't roster, roster Tice. And I don't think you can roster the Rock DJ either in 12-team formats. Peyton Pritchard, who, let's be honest, now I, I say some shit nicknames. Fast PP is a disgustingly bad nickname. Uh, P-Rabbit, also disgustingly horrible. And that'll be the last time I ever reference those nicknames on this podcast. Peyton Pritchard, just 17 minutes with Kemba back. His 12-team value has been shit all over. While Marcus Smart, and this is another question I've been asked. Josh, do I add Obi Toppin? No. Josh, do I drop Marcus Smart? God, no. What are we talking about? Yes, Smart had, and this is the, the problem I think people look at and go, 
Man, Marcus Smart, how shit. 10 points only, 29 minutes in the game. Kemba returns. Marcus Smart only had 21 fantasy points in the game. Kemba returns. He must be a drop. Well, he's not. He had 10 points. It was on 15% shooting, which is horrible. And yeah, Devontae Graham was uh, looking at that and going, man, that was pretty strong. But 28%, 27% shooting. He had 10 steals. No, he didn't. He had 10 points. He had two steals. He had two assists. Marcus Smart remains a top 100 guy the rest of the season. Now, in saying that, he hasn't been a top 100 player this year. And he is much worse in a points league in general for my projections moving forward. But he's still a top 100 points league guy this season as well. So no, if Marcus Smart is dropped, he's an automatic ad in my opinion. This is not changing my opinions on that really in the slightest at all. And my opinion on Bilt Bar hasn't changed either because it is and remains the best tasting protein bar ever. Six new flavors. I wanted to bring out some new flavors. Let's get more in there. Let's get gingerbread in there. Let's get lime and coconut. Let's get them all cracking. But I am making up flavors here because they've got the six new guys and I'm going to be talking about them. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Every time I read that, and I always think of on Hollinger and Duncan right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, whenever Nate Duncan does one of these reads and he calls it cherry barcia, he always calls it cherry barcia. And it makes me want to say, and I don't know why. But anyway, cherry barcia. That's a flavor of Bilt Bar. I'm talking shit here. But when you eat Bilt Bar, it doesn't taste like other protein bars, which can taste like shit. These ones taste great. They taste just like a candy bar covered in 100% chocolate. Soft and easy to chew. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. The new cherry barcia bar has 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar, only 4 grams, 4 grams of net carbs, and 130 calories. That is brilliant. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. The promo code is LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Cheers. Next game. It is the Chicago Bulls. They beat the Dallas Mavericks. Yes, they did beat the Dallas Mavericks. They put up a 117 to the Mavericks, 101. Larry Markkinen was back. Oh, hi, Mark. 29 and 10 in 33 minutes. Now, no defensive stats, but great efficiency. And part of the issue with Markkinen is he's built as a good shooter, and he shot 43% in every year in his career. But 53% here, he is the 64th ranked player this year in category leagues, and in points leagues, he is the 73rd ranked player. I think he can probably be a top 70 guy for the rest of the season, maybe even push to the top 50, but his lack of steals and blocks holds him back. It's good to see 33 minutes. I'm still frustrated with Wendell Carter Jr. I like what he's doing. Like His numbers are awesome. 12 and 7, 5 steals, a block. That's great. But only 27 minutes. This guy needs to be playing 32. They need to be playing him and Markkinen, big minutes. Carter is on the way up at the moment, but those minutes still worry me. He's 88th in points league so far this year, Wendell. He's playing much better, but there is they still have that concern. 29 minutes for Garrett Temple, 21 points, 2 steals, 3 threes, 1 block. I am... Pretty certain I don't believe that's going to be something that continues. But he will have these games occasionally, and then he'll go out there and shit the bed. This is what Garrett Garrett Temple does. And he did it because Kobe White was atrocious. 25 minutes for Kobe, zero points. He only took five shots. He had a usage of 10%. He had four assists, and at least he got a steal. I believe that's his third steal for the season. He has been subpar this year. He is absolutely 100% a must-roster player, but he has had a lot of shooting issues. And this is something I talked about with Kobe White. Now, I was pretty big on taking him in the top 100 this year, top 80 even. I was pretty big on it, right? But I also cautioned multiple times that that hot streak that he had in March, because there were people who would argue with me, Josh, he's going to be a top 50 player. And I said, I don't think that's the case. He had that hot streak where he shot the ball well, and I said, well, he was terrible before that. I'm not sure that a 10-game sample size is what we want to base our future projections on. And he has reverted back to being a shit shooter. I don't think he's a point guard of the future for this team. I've been pretty consistent with that. 
Um, if he can get a few games rolling at high level here, I'd in a dice league, I consider selling on him because I'm just not that sure of him long term. And I don't really know what to make of Patrick Williams either. He had some foul trouble here, but played only 23 minutes, had five points. Now he is shooting a 50% from three from the season. That's going to come down. But especially for this year, I, I don't know what to make of him. He's the 143rd ranked player in category leagues, 182nd in, in points leagues. I wouldn't be adding him in points leagues um, in most cases. I think there's some addability in some areas, but I wouldn't be banking huge upside on him. But there's just with Porter, Young, Markinen, Sadoransky returning, pushing Temple more to the two and the three. How does he maintain 30-plus minutes the rest of the season? I find that hard to see with him, unfortunately. It was also, the Bulls won this game, right, with Kobe White going 0 of 5 and Zach Levine going 1 of 8. That's pretty remarkable. 10 assists for Levine, 3 steals. So at least he's finding ways when he has a shit night like this shooting to do other things, and that's impressive. For the Mavericks, Doncic was brilliant. 36, 16, and 15. 6 triples, 2 steals. The percentages are rough, like real rough. 43% on 30 attempts is horrible. And then you go 67% from the line is also not that good. But overall, those canning stats are great. Well, Kristaps Porzingis with a big one. Porzingis. 20 points, 8 rebounds, 2 blocks. Didn't hit a 3, but really efficient stuff. Um, great to have him back playing 33 minutes basically as quick as possible. Joshy Green started and had 4 points. He's a long way from being a contributor. While Willie Cauley-Stein, I think he's going to be a drop once Kleber and Powell return. 27 minutes, 10 and 5. Wes Wundu had 9 points, but it was a pretty sorry state of affairs for the Mavericks, who are missing Hardaway, Richardson, Kleber, Finney-Smith, Powell and Brunson. So while we can give them shit, and rightfully so, for losing to the Bulls, they are missing six rotation players, and that is a large amount, while the Bulls are missing just Thomas Sadoransky uh, out of their major major uh, rotation players. Next game, the Utah Jazz. They knock off the Denver Nuggets, 109-105. Jordan Clarko Clarkson. 23 points, 30 minutes, four triples, two steals, one block, 69% shooting. Giggity. This is a bit of a sell high for him. His minutes are way up with Joe Ingles out. Now, he still remains a must-roster player, but his numbers are absolutely through the roof at the moment, and that is worth mentioning that he is getting those extra touches, extra assist opportunities, extra playing time without Ingles around. So I think that is worth us considering when looking at him as maybe being a sell high player, but hard to shit on him too much. Don Mitchell was pretty poor with the shooting and had a shit-ass first half, but 18.7 assists, two blocks, and four from four from the free throw line gets him a little bit of reprieve from my wrath. Not that he gives a shit about it. It's actually, you know what? Complete side note here. I was going to talk about it later. I'm going to talk about it here. I tweeted this out today. Someone on Instagram replied to Miles Turner saying, I've lost all respect from you. How can you not play with a sore hand? You're killing my fantasy team. If you're one of those people who ats athletes and comments on their posts talking about your fantasy team, like, kids, close your ears. Get the fuck out of here. Like, that is the, one of the weakest shit moves you can do. Now, I will talk shit about players often. I would, if they're performing poorly, but I will also, you know, you criticize their decision making. I'll do that stuff all the time. But going directly at someone, I think is I think is pretty pretty piss poor to talk about your fantasy team. And I will never ever ever call a player soft because they get injured. That is one of the things I will absolutely not do, and I hate it. If you ever tag a player in a comment of mine, um, calling them soft or pissing on them for a poor performance, it's an automatic block. I hate it. You can you can say that Josh, you're full of shit. Man, these players make so much money. They man up. I think that is a horrendous argument and I will never budge on this thing. Do not tag players. Do not call them out because of your fantasy team. Do not call them soft because of injuries. Go piss off. Like It's it's useless. Anyway, Rudy Gobert, 15 and 13. 
Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. He'd been a little bit poor lately, still remains absolutely horrific on the free throws, but good to see some production coming back. And Royce O'Neal, 115th ranked player this year, uh, Big Royce. Bit of a surprise, eight and five with two threes. He's just providing solid value. Now, in points leagues, it's not that great. He had just 21 fantasy points today, but in category leagues, he's got that value. Boyan Bogdanovich, he's sort of settling in now, 17 points with five triples, which is great. That only makes him a back-end guy, but it's still good to have a, a solid option back. While Mike Conley wasn't at his best, 14-3-8, but it still has been a massive, massive improvement from Conley from where he was last year. He had 32 fantasy points today, averaging 33 on the season for the Denver Nuggets. Big Chungus. Nikola Jokic had 35, 14, and 9, two steals and a block, 61% shooting. He is the number one fantasy player in category leagues and the number one fantasy player in points leagues, and that was great. While the headmaster, Jamal Murray, 30 points in 42 minutes, four triples, four assists, one block. That is, uh, that's Murray just bubbling away all over your timelines there, but... Do I buy it as him being back? It's great. He was still grasping at his elbow a bit and still shot pretty horribly. Don't buy too much into it in terms of him being, hey, it's top 20, Jamal Murray. It's not. He's more of a top 70, top 60 player. Paul Millsap had nine rebounds. That's cool. He's a streamer only. There's still Mickey, no Mickey Porter. And the yeah, the reports of Gareth Harris' comeback may have been a bit premature. Nice, Gary! Eight points on 18% shooting in 25 minutes. He was worth a flyer to grab. Drop him. Don't worry about it. Farton Will Barton had two points on 17% shooting. His value is going to completely toilet when uh, Mick Porter is back. Honestly, it was a pretty shit performance from most of these Nuggets players. Jermichael Green, again, a lot of questions. Do I add him in 12-team leagues? And him being the 135th ranked player would tell you maybe. I would tell you no and use him as a streamer and more of a 14 to 16 team league player than anything else. While Bol Bol went from starting to being off the bench and actually not off the bench, on the bench. His ass completely bolted down and him not getting into the rotation because he is not an NBA rotation caliber player at this point in his career. Guys, the NFL playoffs. We are down, I believe, to the conference championships. So three games left in the season. Do you know your NFL? Do you want to put your knowledge to the test? Do you think that you can know the NBA better than the uh, the markets? Well, if you are, if you do think that, there's only one place that has you covered, and there's one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. If you sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag, you can use your promo code Locked On, and you get a 50% welcome bonus. Who's in the uh, NFL Conference Championships? I don't even know. I think the Buffalo Bills might be there. Um, maybe you want to place a bet on the Bills for the Super Bowl. You can do it at BetOnline. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, let's go on to the next game now. We are looking at the New Orleans Pelicans and the Sacramento Kings. The Pelicans win 128-123. What a game from Zion Williamson. 31 points in 30 minutes. 87% shooting, hit all five of his free throws. Not a lot else. Six rebounds, two assists, zero steals, zero blocks. But that high usage, high efficiency volume is what yeah, attracts us to him in fantasy. If you can bring the other things in, then he has got you know, top five upside. 
he's never going to get there. That This year, he's now back inside the top 100 on the season, and he is a much better points league player. He's 45th overall this season. He had 39 fantasy points today. He's going to jump up much, much higher. But the fact that he just struggles in so many other areas is limiting his categorical potential. Eric Bledsoe went back to starting, and a really good game. 30 minutes, just. 21 points, 6 rebounds, 3 threes, and a steal. 57% shooting. I worry about his long-term value. If I could get any sort of top 100 player back for Bledsoe at the moment, I think I would do it. I just worry about what they're going to do with him, whether he gets traded, whether they limit his minutes as we move forward. He did get 31 fantasy points today, but he's averaging just 23 over the course of the season. In a 10-teamer, I would consider him a droppable player. Brandon Ingram had 22 points with a steal and a block, while Redick had 14 points and three threes, and Adams had 12 and 15. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, everyone loves frothing this guy. Um, his roster percentage is up. He played only 24 minutes in a start, nine points, five rebounds, five assists, and two steals. And we talked about when he had that big game the other day, how there were so many factors leaning towards that not being repeatable. There was no Zion, no Lonzo, no Bledsoe. And then we had Bledsoe come back and come off the bench and Zion play, and the numbers were right. They weren't great. He fouled out. And then this one, we had Bledsoe starting and next to Alexander Walker, and the numbers weren't great. And now Lonzo is going to come back, and it's going to push him back to the bench. So if you did add Alexander Walker in a 12-team league, I think if you there is someone you want to add, I'd feel okay about dropping him. Now, Lonzo might not be back for a week or so, but this level of production is not fantastic. Now, five assists and two steals is still really good. So if you do want to hold until Lonzo's back, I understand that. But more like when you're looking at an opportunity, if there's someone out there on the wire that you absolutely have to grab and Alexander Walker looks to be your worst player, then I would feel okay about dropping him. Um, not much else going on with this Pelicans team. Josh Hart had five points in 25 minutes. I don't think he's ever going to be a regular 12 or probably even a regular 14-team uh, league player. For the Kings, De'Aaron Fox, he was on my buy low show last week. I reckon that's done. 43-4-13, four steals, 63% shooting. He hit three threes. Great stuff from De'Aaron Foxy Fox. He had 77 fantasy points, the second highest score of the day to date. Uh, Marvin Bagley, big from him as well. 26 and 10 in 36 minutes, a steal and a block, 58% shooting. I'm most intrigued by the 36 minutes. Now, he's the 235th ranked player this year, which is obviously shithouse. But in a points league, he had 42 fantasy points. He's averaging 24 fantasy points per game before today. He's going to jump close to that top 100 mark. He is a must-roster points league guy. I wouldn't say he's 100% a must-roster category league guy, but I would add him if he was there. 42 minutes for Rashawn Holmes. 16 and 7. Two blocks, a steal, 58% shooting, obviously must roster as is Bud Heald. And I only say that because many people have asked me if they should drop Bud Heald. 18 points with five threes. The pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. This is the Harrison Barnes that we've come to know and love. Seven points in 41 minutes with one rebound and four assists on 25% shooting. Barnes has been great this year. No two ways about it. The 72nd ranked player so far this year. 69th in points leagues. Giggity. Um, he had 13 fantasy points here. So outside of 10 games to begin this season, Harrison Barnes has been useless as a 12-team fantasy asset. Not been worth it at all. He's been good for 10 games, but... There was a level of unsustainability with his rebound rate, but most importantly, his field goal percentage, and it's it's falling off. Is he a drop? Not yet, but it's probably going to move towards that area pretty soon, and these numbers that he was putting up are unsustainable. A terrible night from Tyrese Halliburton. Two points in 23 minutes, three assists, uh, two, three rebounds, sorry, two assists and two blocks. Um, I am still absolutely holding him. 
The lower minutes do coincide with Marvin Bagley's higher minutes. That is absolutely something for us to watch. It's also important to note that Hassan Whiteside was out, so that's why the Kings were able to stay close in this one. So Halliburton at two points in 23 minutes is obviously trash. But we still want to hold him. Now, he is a much worse points league player than category league player. And if he dropped out of 12-team points league consideration, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm still holding him, but don't be shocked if that happens. Um, Maybe buy low after this game because he is a rookie. People will panic on him for sure. Do I drop him? I'm not doing it, but they might want to do it. So consider him a buy low in, uh, in that scenario. All right, let's go on to the last game of the day. It was a blowout. The Pacers... Get the uh, get the loss there against the Clippers. 129-96, the Clippers win it. There was no Miles Turner for the Pacers. No TJ Warren, no Jeremy Lamb, no Karis LeVert, of course. DeMontis Sabonis did his thing. 19-14-6, uh, hurt your free throws as per usual. He's the 29th-ranked player so far this season. He had uh, 50 fantasy points again, being an absolute monster, especially in points leagues where he's a top 15 player. Dougie McDirt. Now, there'll be questions about whether you add McDirt. He had 23 points in 32 minutes. So when you start reading that line, it looks great. Five threes is nice. And then he had one rebound, two assists, zero steals, zero blocks, attempted zero free throws, and shot 75% from the field, including 71% from three. So it's going to drop off. He cannot shoot at that level. There is an opening here, of course, with Turner out. We don't know how long Turner's going to be out. We don't know how long Levert's going to be out. But McDermott is not that guy. He's a streamer for 14-team leagues, maybe 16-team leagues, to get some points in, to get some threes in. But he does absolutely nothing in any of those other areas that it just doesn't provide that value. Good game from Justin Holiday. 15 points with three threes and two steals. He is going to be hurt when Lamb, Warren, and Levert eventually return. For now, you can use him. Well, TJ McConnell is a nice assists and steals streamer. He had six dimes and two uh, two swipes. I don't know why I said both of those things like that, but I did. Well, Edmund Sumner had three steals in another start. He provides very, very little value, just a deeper league guy only. The Malcolm Brogdon slide is coming. 34 minutes, 16 points, 8 assists and a steal, 33% shooting. We knew he wasn't going to be able to maintain top 10 value. He's now fallen outside the top 15 for fantasy leagues. Uh, for category leagues, he has fallen outside the top 25 for points leagues. He did have 31 points today, so not a bad points league game, but he is starting to fall off. And we knew that he, that would start to come. For the Clippers, the beetle Paul George had 20 points, as did Marcus Morris, as did Luke Kennard. 20 points for all three of those. Kennard only played 21 minutes, but with Lou Williams out, he stepped into that role. And he's someone to watch if Williams does get traded, because I think they do think Kennard is going to be their new Lou Williams. He's only a deeper league guy. As for Morris, more of a 14-team league player, but he's available in a lot of spots. I'd add him in 14-teamers, 20 points with four threes. Kawhi was a little bit quiet, 17-7-5, uh, and five, but... They didn't need him to extend himself. Well, Paddy Beverly, 11, 5, and 6. I think Beverly is a 12-team league ad. He's a definite 14-team league ad, and he's playing at a level in 12-teamers that you have to consider him. There was no Serge Ibaka, so Ivica Zubat started. Not great. Four fouls in 16 minutes, 6 and 6, a steal and a block. I thought he could be a back-end 12-team league guy this season. Um, he is not, so don't worry about that. Well, uh, Nick Batum had 10 and 5 in 25 minutes. I think Batum is fine in a 12-team league, but he is absolutely not someone that you should be holding on to for dear life. And if you wanted to move on to stream or to add a hot free agent or to try someone else, I don't think you're actually missing all that much if that's what ends up going on. All right, let's have a look now at the top ads over the last 24 hours. Uh, Mr. Tuesday, Emmanuel quickly is up 35%, and I get it based on the back of some of his performances. I won't be surprised to see him on the most drop list coming up. But again, the Sunday-Monday back-to-back helped that number, those numbers. So he's worth at least a fly, but it's probably more 14s for me. Lou Dort had 23% increase in his roster percentage. If I can find the button. Bort? Oh, come on, Bort? 
Mommy, Mommy, buy me a license plate. No, come along, Bort. Are you talking to me? No, my son is also named Bort. It's mainly because he had six deals last game. I still don't think he's a must-roster 12-team league guy. By all means, take a flyer. He's not losing his starting spot. He's hit the most threes on the entire team for the Thunder, but he's not a must-roster guy. Pat Williams up 18%. I've got to think that's part of the fact that he played on Sunday, but uh, numbers were pretty low there. I think he's okay in 12s. He's more 14-teamers. And Willie Cauley-Stein, also the Sunday-Monday back-to-back. He's up almost 17%. He is fine for now, but until everyone comes back, and then uh, then that value will drop. Well, Dwight Howard, I guess he was added for the Sixers Saturday-Sunday back to back. He's up 13% and then the Sixers game got postponed today. So we've got no value added Dwight at all there. In the drops, Tyus Jones down 22%, clear drop in all 12s and 14-team leagues. Precious Achua down 14%, clear drop in 12 and 14-team leagues. Austin Rivers down 11%, clear drop in 12 and 14-team leagues. MC Hamadou Diallo down 11%, clear drop in 12-teamers. I would consider it in 14-teamers, but this is who he is. This is who I thought he was, and yeah, a lot of people were scrambling to add him. I was preaching a level of cautiousness or caution. No, that's the right word. I was preaching a level of caution with Diallo, and he's coming back to earth. And DeAnthony Melton down 10%. I think you can drop him in 12-team leagues as well. Let's go on to the monstrous line of the night, and it is that one, which is, of course, the wrong pitcher. That's the right pitcher. There you go. Nikola Jokic, let's play it again. Nikola Jokic, Big Chungus, is your player of the night. He had 33 points, 14 rebounds, 9 assists, 2 steals, 1 block, 3 threes. He's the number one player this season in fantasy basketball, and he put up an absolute monster again, just narrowly pipping De'Aaron Fox and Luka Doncic, who came in second and third. Here's your monstrous line of the night. Your rookie of the night is Mr. Tuesday himself, Emmanuel Quickly, who had 17 points with eight assists. Didn't grab a rebound, but had a steal on a block and shot 58% from the field. Quickly, over the last four games, is the 109th ranked player. It's coming on 44% shooting, so not outrageously high. He's getting almost five assists, getting 16 points on a 28% usage. That usage is quite high for quickly, and that that's what gives me some level of pause, but a really, really strong night for him there, no doubt. Let's flick over. DFS now. We've got the nine-game slate for Martin Luther King Day, and we're looking at FanDuel pricing here. All right, the first game for MLK Day is the Orlando Magic going to take on the New York Knicks. The Knicks coming off that massive win on Sunday. The Magic are one-and-a-half-point favorites here, and the total is a very, very low 206-and-a-half. Alec Burks is questionable for New York. Uh, the Magic are without Evan Fournier and Michael Carter-Williams. Mitchie Robinson's at 5,800. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Last couple have been a little bit underwhelming, especially against the Celtics with just 21 points, but he did hurt his hand in that game. I'd be inclined to fade off of him. Same with Alfred Payton at 5,300. We just don't know how Thibodeau is going to run those minutes, and it's too unreliable. Aaron Gordon's at 65. I don't mind his floor value. I think it looks all right. While the double royal, Julius Randle... Down at 8,900. He's just giving us 45s and 46s comfortably. I like it. No no problem with him there. Emmanuel quickly is averaging somehow 34 Fangio points over the last three games. He's at 4,500. Now, there's always a Thibodeau issue here that if quickly has a poor shooting night, he'll just get uh, he'll get pulled pretty quickly. Giggity. And then that will be an issue, but I don't mind him as a GPP guy. Cole Anthony also got it together on the weekend. 43 points for him. I don't mind him at 5,000. Uh, Nikola Vucevic at 9,900. How good's he been? He's been unbelievable. Uh, 9,900 is a lot for Vooch, so I think I might leave him leave him alone, but 
I'm not completely against it, nor am I completely against the 6500 that you can spend for Rowan Barrett Jr. I think that could be okay. The second game, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks are eight-point favorites. They're going to be without, most likely, the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! He's doubtful. Cam Reddish is questionable. The Wolves are without Towns. They're without Juancho Hernan Gomez. And they're without Ravishing Rick Rubio. Um, Clinker Palace at 7,000. He is really forming a nice pick-and-roll chemistry with Trey Young. He had 56 in their last game against the Blazers. He should be good for 30-plus, so I like him a lot. Jared Vanderbilt's at 42. I don't know if they'll start him. I don't know if they'll play him as a backup center, a backup power forward, but I like the GPP upside. He had a 35-point game just four games ago, so that's real upside there. While Trey Young is down at 8,900, and while he's not in his best form, he had 46 points against the Blazers, so I'll take him at that salary. Naz Reed's at 47. He's too unreliable for me. While D'Angelo Russell without Towns, and without Rubio at 8,100, looks pretty strong. The Baptist Johnny Collins is down at 6,600. Now, he's been shit house. There's no doubt about that, averaging 23 over the last three, which just doesn't cut it. The minutes are down. The production's down. The lack of Wolves defense is marginally intriguing here for John. I'm not super into it, but I am marginally into it. What a wild question it is for me to ask. If I have 6,600, would I rather John Collins or Malik Beasley? Beasley's been outperforming him of late. Um... I'm not sure I'm totally into Beasley there, but with how much he's getting the ball and how much he's shooting and the fact that Towns is out, he's going to have a big opportunity again. I like that. Uh, Anthony Edwards is at 4,700. He's doing nothing. Do they start him at power forward? That would be a disaster, but they could do it and that could give you more minutes. Yeah, maybe we look at him, but I'm not super into it. Ed Davis might start at center, but I think I would uh, be steering clear of that one pretty comfortably. The next game. The Detroit Pistons going to take on the Miami Heat. No spread or total at this point. Tyler Hero is questionable. Everyone has a hero. True. Zero people shouldn't have a hero. Yeah. Dealing with a neck issue. They do have Goran Dragic back. They do have Bam Adebayo back. Jimmy Butler is out. Gabe Vincent is probable. We had Casey Okpala starting last game. Well, Avery Bradley's out as well for Miami. Um, Casey Okpala started last game. He's a minimum salary player. I'm okay with throwing him into a tournament, same as I am with Goran Dragic at 55. In fact, Dragic has great floor value at that price. For the Pistons, they've been starting the Duke Wayne Ellington for some reason. Josh Jackson's at 4,200. He's not really getting it going. I'm not off on him. Um, I'll tell you who I am in on, though. Kelly Linick at 4,900. Terrible last game. Terrible. Under 10 points. But he should be, he's averaging 25 over the last five. I think I can get 25 out of him here easily. And Bam at a bio at 85 looks to be a strong cash and tournament play. Griffin is at 6,300. Numbers have been pretty good for Blake of late. Uh, wouldn't be totally in on it, but I'm not far off. And Jeremy Grant's at 8,400 because he is apparently the best player in the NBA these days. 8,400 for Jez. He's averaging 46 over the last five. That looks not too bad for me. D-Lon's at 56. Yeah, eh, not, not massive on that one. Well, Dunk Robinson's at 52. There's a big opportunity for Dunk, especially if Tyler Hero's out, and I think we could use him if uh, Hero happens to be sidelined. But he's playing pretty well at the moment, is big Dunk Robinson. The Spurs and the Blazers. The Spurs are one-point favorites. The total is 224. The Blazers, of course, are going to be without Christian James McCollum and without Yusuf Nurkic. Gaz Trent's at 3,600. Nice, Gary! Now, we assume that Gaz starts. 
but he is as hit and miss as they come. But I think in this case, it's a no-brainer at 36. Same with Mallow at 41. I think he's going to get bigger opportunities. And Ennis Cantor is all the way up at 6300 That's an $1,100 price rise for Cantor. I'm not sure how comfortable I feel with using Ennis Cantor, considering his 55 points last week or last game came with five blocks and two steals. And that is 21 Fangio points right there. So at 6300 I reckon I might fade off of him. LaMarcus Aldridge is down at 6000 because... He, uh, he just doesn't look very good. You're just mad because your ass is old. Now, I think he can shoot better, but I'm also pretty confident that he's not going to play 17 minutes like he did last game. Only a GPP, but I'd be more, much more comfortable if it was at 5,500. Lillard's at 10-1. Yep, lock it in. Absolutely love that. Lonnie Walker, no thanks. And DeJounte Murray at 78. Now, Murray's putting up 40 a game. 7,800 is a lot for him, and I'm not sure I'd feel too, super comfortable. I'd much rather the 8,200 I have to spend to get DeMar DeRozan in. And the 67 for Keldon Johnson also feels like it might be just squeaking a little bit on the high side there. The next game is an interesting one. It is the Portland the Portland, the Phoenix Suns, taking on the Memphis Grizzlies. We haven't seen Phoenix play in forever. They're favored by three points, and the total is 223. No Dario Saric for Phoenix, but for Memphis, no Jonas Valanciunas. So does that mean that Xavier Tillman, the X-Man, does that mean that he gets to start? 4,200 for Tillman. Now, even coming off the bench, he is averaging 28 points over the last three. He's racking up steals. He's getting boards. I love him. I love him at 4,200. I don't know if they'll start him or Jeng, but I know that they prefer Tillman to Jeng because Jeng hasn't even been bloody playing. So I'm in on Tillman at 42. Chris Paul's at 71. Love it. And Brandon Clarkie Clark at 62 has got a great floor value with Valanchunas out. McCall Bridges at 57. I don't love that one. Aiton at 67. I also don't like. And Ja Morant at 78. Now, Morant is good. He struggled a little bit in his first game back. Nothing major, but it wasn't fantastic. But his usual lack of threes and steals does hold him back somewhat from maintaining great, great DFS value. I don't think I'd use him here. Kyle Anderson's at 58. I don't love that. Or Devin Booker's at 78. I do think there is value in Devin Booker here in this one. And Dylan Brooksy Brooks, well. You can uh, have a look at him as a GPP guy, but he's at $6,000. So there is a massive, massive element of risk there. The Milwaukee Bucks. The Brooklyn Nets, the Bucks are 6-6. Six, six. No, they're two-and-a-half-point favorites, and the total is 238 points here. Kyrie Irving, big Kai, he is questionable, so maybe he's returning. And that puts a big, I guess, dampener is not the right word, but it means we don't know what we're going to get from Harden and Durant if Irving plays. So there is some question marks there. John Ray Jordan's at 4,500. He was shithouse last game. He had 18 points in 23 minutes, and if they're going to limit him and play him that much, um, yeah, that's tough. 4,500, there is still GPP value. Brook Lopez at 53. I feel really good about him in cash. And then Jimmy Harden's at 10-3. Now, that's a, a solid enough floor value. Irving, if he plays, it could impact Harden, but I still think he's worth looking at. Durant at 10-5. I'm not sure I'd be in on that. While Yanni is at 11,300. Giannis hasn't been anywhere near the level of an $11,000 player. I think this one could be close enough for him to play big minutes, but I'm also not wanting to spend that amount. 4000 for Jeff Green could work. My name is Jeff. Um, not totally on it, but I think it could work at that price. Uh, and then you've got Punch Bob at 58, which is just too high for Bob Portis, in, in my opinion. The next game is a team that's on a back-to-back. It is the Dallas Mavericks. They are taking on the Toronto Raptors in Tampa. No spread or total at this point. There's no Dorian Finney-Smith, Josh Richardson, Maxi Kleber, or Dwight Powell. 
I assume that Christos Porzingis won't play. Porzingis. It is a back-to-back. And then you've got Timmy Hardaway, who is questionable. So value is going to be everywhere, hopefully. James Johnson at 4,700. Um, yeah, good GPP guy. Joshy Green's at minimum salary. He's starting. He's not doing anything, so I'm not keen there. Well, Willie Cauley-Stein at 51. That's an, a reasonable price for Cauley-Stein, so I can get in on that. Trey Burke's at 43. I'd only GPP him if Tim Hardaway is out. While the wiki Chris Boucher is at 8,100. Now, that I think he's pushing a little bit too high for Boucher. Doncic at 11-2. I'd much rather spend 11-2 on Doncic than I would on the 11,000 plus for Yanni. So get me in there. While Siakam's at 8,200 on the high side, I think. Storm and Norman Powell had 31 points last game. And at 4,800, it looks to be pretty good numbers. Do I trust it? Absolutely not. So I think I'd leave that alone. And Jalen Bronson should be back, but I don't think he is a real DFS option unless he takes on some of that Tim Hardaway minutes uh, if Timmy does happen to sit. The Houston Rockets and the Chicago Bulls. Victor Oladipo is playing. Eric Gordon is probable. DeMarcus Cousins is probable, but Johnny Wall is out. We don't know the status of Tomas Sadoransky for the Bulls either. Cousins at 45. No, thank you. Otto Porter at 5,000. Yeah, maybe for Otto, but I don't think there's much value in that. Well, Wendell Carter Jr., he's getting good Fangio numbers. 38 in today's game, 31 over the last three. The minutes are just the thing that worries me. He is under 6,000, which is all right, but I'm, I'm not totally sold. Pat Williams at 46 is more of a more of a GPP fly, but even then I'm not keen. Well, 6,100 for Lowry Markinen, and that looks all right. He had 44 against the Mavericks. I wouldn't say it's the best one out there, but it's all right. At 9,800 uh, 9, for the Crucifix Christian Wood is too high, while Oladipo at 75. I don't mind that. I think Oladipo at that price is a GPP guy. And Zachy Levine, now he was terrible today. But he did have 32 points in 31 minutes. And at 9,300, the salary's all right. I'd be okay with using him. And I think we look at Eric Gordon as a solid enough option with John Wall out at 5,200. I'm not massively keen on Kobe White, although I'm pretty convinced he'll be better than a scoreless performance that he put in on Sunday. The Warriors and the Lakers. The Lakers are nine-point favorites. The total is 224. LeBron is questionable. I think he's been questionable for literally every game this year. Anthony Davis, Wes Matthews, Contavious Caldwell-Pope are all probable. Tone Davis is at 95 here. Love it. LeBron's at 95. Also love it. 54 for the table. Montrez Harrell is a solid enough um, yeah, flawed uh, cash play. Jimmy Wiseman, Blunty, 4,400. I think that looks okay to me, although the defensive matchup against Davis Gasol Harrell is a tougher one. Ubre's at 54, only for tournaments, and Andy Wiggins at 67 is does not really doing it for me. I think we can use Steph Curry at 98, but I'm not totally sold on that one. Guys, that will do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow with a pregame show. I'm not going pregame before the earliest game of the day because that's at like 3 a.m. here or 3.30 a.m. So I won't be doing that. But you will be able to see a pregame show, which is going a lot earlier than normal. You can check it on the YouTube channel. In fact, I probably should just check it now and tell you exactly when it's um when we're going live on that pregame show because uh, I believe it is... Oh, let me just have a quick check. I believe it is a 4.30 Eastern pregame show. I know I'm just... Uh, I know I'm uh, fluffing around here because I'm just waiting for it to come up. Where are we? Uh, yeah, 4.30 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. There'll be a pregame show on the YouTube channel. I'll have my Bilo show going out as well and the What to Watch For show, guys. Subscribe Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.